Welcome to another episode of Roll One. I know we've been gone for a while, but trust me, there have been things in the works. We're excited for a lot of free game and value coming to you guys. On this episode, we're going to be talking about some really cool stuff. We're going to talk about the All-Star Weekend, crypto retracements. We're going to talk about Believe Nation that we went to and just the massive experience that we had. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, Australia's borders opening, as well as Kanye West, his documentary, some things about that. So make sure you guys stay for the entirety of it. There could be some gems dropped that you just do not want to miss. Don, how you living, bro? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm feeling super excited to be here today. It's been a while. I know a lot has changed in my life since the last time we shot an episode. So I can't wait uh, to just share with the people what's going on. Yeah, talk lightly about that as well, because like we said, you know, so far, and we believe once again, and like when you plant a seed, it doesn't have to grow or become this massive tree within a certain amount of time. If you truly believe in the vision and walk of that seed and and what you plan on growing, then you don't really put a time on it. It's just like, you know what I mean? When things line up. So touch a bit on that. Things that you've been working on, some things that have, you know, occurred in your life. And then we'll dive into some of these other topics. Uh, not for one, uh, uh, for y'all who do know, we started this podcast, we were living together, uh, Jason and I at the time. So when we started this idea and kind of like put the pieces together, we were roommates at the time. Uh, then I got a girlfriend who turned into a fiance who just recently turned into a wife. Hey, uh, shout out to that though. Shout out to that you already know. So shout out to the married gang out there. You already know, I see y'all out here, good fellas. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, um, I just moved and left Atlanta. So we sold our house a couple of months ago and moved out to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I live in literally the middle of the country now, a few hours from Dallas, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black mm-hmm. Wall Street, the real deal. Yes, me and my family live here. and We had never been here before. So it's been pretty dope um, over the past couple of what's well, been now, like two months since we've been here. Uh, it's been exciting. Uh, we just had our second baby. So we have a baby girl now. Shout out to Joy. That is my beautiful daughter. And uh, just living a family man life. Uh, scaling up these businesses and being able to just work in purpose and passion where I choose to. So it's just exciting, but a lot of transitions and things shifting up. In these and, last bef- and, and real quick, even that move to Tulsa, like what, what kind of stirred up within you? Like, I, cause I want people listening to understand like this decision he made to go to an entirely new city. He had never been to never lived in kind of speak on that, bro. Like what was the whole reason for you to, to leave? And, and I want people to hear that. Now, a lot of times people always ask me, like, Don, like, why'd you move to Tulsa? You're from Philly. You were living in Atlanta. Like, that's like the the, the thing. Uh, for me personally, honestly, I feel like God led me out here. And a lot of times people don't really kind of give the full details on when God kind of nudges them or points them in a certain direction. Uh, but I felt like I, I was clearly told and clearly directed to, to be here and move my family out here. Um, I haven't gone to a transformation church now online since like 2018. Then I had my first son in 2020, just had a daughter a few months ago. So it's like, I, I didn't want to raise my kids in a, like a virtual church kind of environment. I wanted to be and be able to bring them up around people who were doing and living the way it is that I wanted them to see, as opposed to be exposed to just kind of anything that was around. And also I'm big on just family in general. So my big brother has been living out here too for a few months and he has four kids under three and I now have two kids under two. So it's wanted to really get like, I have, I'm have a great relationship with all my cousins. So wanted to keep the cousins around each other, but I truly felt like God led us out here um, and to, to really on a mission. And, and honestly, we've been able to put together a lot of the pieces of that, but I'm super grateful. Uh, it was definitely not something that I woke up one day and decided to do. It was really like the pieces of breadcrumbs that kind of like pulled us out here over the course of the last Last few months and uh, i'm really excited to see what is the make of it but it was a big transition i did have to have tons of conversations with my wife my family and everything else that, that's kind of going on in our lives but i'm grateful for entrepreneurship and trading and all the things and the resources that 
didn't allow like money to hold up this move that we wanted to happen uh, in, in our lives. So that, that was awesome because I know a lot of people uh, don't have the ability or flexibility to just pick up and go in a matter of a couple of weeks. Facts. Facts. Definitely, bro. No, I mean, it's like you said, a lot, a lot can happen within a short period of time. And now that we have it set up, you know, we're going to be running them on Zoom. We're going to be having guests on moving forward. We got the mics. So we just wanted to make sure that, like anything, you can be mobile. We plan on being Dubai shooting episodes. You never know where you're going to find us shooting some episodes. But we just want to continue to bring value and just talk about things that can be helpful to us as well as yourself. So let's go ahead and dive right into the first thing, bro. I, I know you were tapped into All-Star Weekend. Uh, what was kind of like some of the pros and cons, things that you took away? You know, like there for me, there was a lot. I could talk all day, but I want to get your take. Uh, I mean, there was definitely a lot. I'll say I do feel like I feel bad for the guys who did participate in a dunk contest because it's just not a lot of options of different things to be able to do and try. So I just feel like everybody's taste is like if it's not 2016 dunk contest or the Vince Carter T-Mac dunk contest, it's just nobody's ever going to be satisfied. Like you got to right. take that L coming into it. Um, outside of that, I do want to shout out to our car, Anthony Towns. He's a New Jersey boy. Um, he won a three-point contest. And I was telling right. him the other day, like I was, I remember uh, watching him play um, when my little brother used to play at Paul Six in Jersey. They played each other in the state championship. My little brother lost twice back to back. And I watched Cat do exactly what he was doing there right. <laughs> out there. So it's just crazy to see him shooting at this kind of level for a big. And uh, I think that is he the greatest big man shooter ever? He, he started, he's saying that. So yeah. like, I mean, once again, bro, we're big on speaking to your life, what you what I'm you want right. to happen. Yeah. So, you know, if he's not going to say it, then who will believe it for him? So shout out to him for doing that, bro. That was actually uh, the three point contest was pretty lit. Trey Young uh, was trying to hang in there with them. And uh, the whole like the whole three point shootout was actually pretty dope. In regards to the dunk contest, like you said, I feel like we haven't really seen much. Like, I mean, we've seen we've had some great all star dunk contest moments for sure. But like, obviously, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, you know, like th those that level and the props and the showmanship. And here's the biggest thing. I think, honestly, bro, the amount of takes that it was taking guys like there's even a, a clip. I, I was I was weak, bro. It was I think it was Kareem. He was getting up and walking off in the middle of a dunk after it was like the sixth yeah, yeah, pick. yeah i saw that <laughs> yeah and and the caption was like our ancestors are disappointed <laughs> Lord, I mean, then you said you didn't make it to the final round right yeah exactly didn't so but it was like you know bro like because here's the thing man some of those guys with the bounce they have they could have just done a windmill from a far enough range and with enough power and I think that's all people really want. But even the even one of the first dunks from Obi Toppin, like he barely got the ball in and just the overall energy. And this isn't just us saying, it. obviously, you saw Shaq wasn't pleased. Every For the most part, everyone wasn't pleased. But the all-star game, bro, the all-star game brought the whole thing home, you know, from all the different things that occurred this weekend. The all-star game did not fail to entertain, man. It was just some awesome moments between the 75th the 75 players picked that ceremony as well as Steph Curry just a controversy around that 75. That it is the topic list. Let's talk there about it. Let's talk names. about it. I keep seeing Kyrie and Dwight get thrown around. Like, like they're very, uh, very upset that they did not make the top 75. Um, as well as T-Mac. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was going to say T-Mac and uh, Clay was my next two uh, thoughts. Those are four solid answers. <sighs> Thing is, it's not the top 79. 
So who's gotta go? I think this I think this conversation itself is always very interesting because you always have those historic players that like in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's not to take to take away anything from them and like what they did for the game. I think it's still though you have to get to a point where like you're being realistic with okay, like if we lined these guys up and actually saw them play in person, like how would they do in today's game? And obviously it's two time periods, but I don't know, bro. It's tough because it's like you have the politics of they did this when the league was this and this was the time. And you have the reality of if T-Mac went and played in those time periods, then he would look like Will Chamberlain probably. And then, <laughs> like that's just the reality of it. Like who's stopping T-Mac? Uh, and that, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know, bro. It's tough because you want to include the historic guys, but then you got the greats like T-Mac and and even Clay's, like you said, Kyrie, those guys, Dwight Howard as well. You got them right. all sitting on the bubble. And I definitely think Dwight, I'll take Dwight, even though T-Mac's my favorite player all time, I think Dwight's got more credentials on his career. Um, but yeah, it's, that top 75 is tough. Hey, I brought up a great point. He said, I don't even know. This will be something to look up, but I don't even know who um actually makes the decision. Curious, because at the end of the day, that's one, that's their analysis of what puts together you know making someone great real talk i thought it was interesting too uh on the all-star uh type time when uh, curry could have broke the record for most points score in the all-star game and he missed the last shot it was a three and i just feel like it was like the basketball guys like yeah lebron needs to hit this game winner type time because he should he hit he had a look and like he, he, right. he was supposed to be three Ooh, number 17 so Who's he tied with then? First off, uh, he's not tied. He's down on to uh, Anthony Davis at fifty-two. So if he hits that last three, step at uh, fifty, that would he would have the all-time AD, and they would have won, and it would have been in Ohio. Anyone MVP. So I'm like, when he shot that joint, I'm like, what's the done deal? I was like, it's over. Like, I love the fact too that the night before him and his wife were out there doing a, a promo, um, it was like one of those things that they were. You know, they had the cameras rolling and everything, and they were yeah. trying to show off the, a show that they're dropping, and the whole city of Cleveland's booing them crazy. And it, it got to a point where he, like, he's, like, pumping them up, like, come on, like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. And then the very next night, he ends up go, going crazy, dropping 50, most threes ever in the All-Star game. And I think, bro, it's not even about the threes, because if he had just lined up, like, foot like foot only, a, a, you know what I'm saying, off the top of the key, yeah, and it was just, it bro, it's the, he's literally a musician. Yeah, bro, he's a savant from three-point. From half-court shots, like, he's pulling and walking to the other side to play D. I'm like, damn, like, he's different, bro. He, Against he, the best players in the NBA. Even though, they're, even though they're not playing uh lockdown defense you could start to see the pride in some of those guys guarding him that like people were actually trying to block his shot and like nah hold on hold on like he was starting to pump fake and have it to cook it cookie listen this is interesting though because he wouldn't have got mvp if they lost so it's Fact. like you wouldn't have wanted to give the red team another uh another possession because they could have came down and hit a three and ended it so he would have got mvp for that crazy performance because you can't give it to the loser like nah, right you gotta win Thanks. And LeBron just submit submit a like, you know, having I think he's six and oh, I believe. And in, in yeah, all. as a GM now, I'm like, shit, they gotta make Jojo the captain next year, bro. We're tired, like we gotta put an end to this. LeBron is like <laughs> like just killing it. <laughs> real deal, real, real deal. But now overall, man, I think the just to cap it all off, the 
the, all those players and the greats in one building and just enjoying that night together and just the energy of everything and just seeing people around MJ solidified to me as well that MJ's just still that that guy. Like, it's not even I, – I love that – Um, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think it was Kenny that said we need to get over always arguing who's the best and just, like, embrace people for being great. Right. Versus, like, feeling like there's a need to discuss why someone is better than another versus just, like, really giving the flowers to these people that – are some of the best we'll ever see, not just in our lifetime, but ever. Lifetime. Right, because it's, you know, incredible. Yeah, it felt like Kobe was supposed to be out there, though, man. He was there, bro. He was out there. That's the thing, bro. That's the beauty of it, man. Like, you could you could feel, even when they put his, um, when they were doing the ceremony and they gave Kobe, you know, his slide, like, people felt that, bro. Like, I, he was there, bro. He, his wife was there. Um, and just, you know, the energy was definitely felt, but. Nah, what a what a dope weekend, bro. Honestly, I'm glad I'm glad the game didn't end up being Jeez. terrible because then that whole weekend is just like uh so Sunday really brought it home. The three point shootout was lit, and even the new uh games that they did was tough too. But we'll jump into the next topic, bro. Cause do you have a suggestion? I just want to ask. Yeah, yeah. What's I up? Like this idea from Stephen A. I did not make this up myself, but okay. he said uh, to make the dunk contest more live. Yeah, take the NBA players out of it. And then okay. you do the top 10 dunkers worldwide. And right. then you have an NBA all-star go work with that person or go like put together their dunk package to try out for the event. Mm. You do a million dollar giveaway to the best out of that. You pick the top five out of them, million dollar giveaway to the winner, half a million to second place, hundred thousand to third place. Right. And you're something to spice out. it up a bit, right? You know, really get folks that's not worried about hurting the ankle or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll go out there and do something the world has never seen. Listen, I was like, I like that because I was like, them boys ain't going to care. They got an M on the table. They're going to be pulling all types of stuff out the bag. I think, too, bro, just this is a great thought as well, is a king of the court with, you know, two of five. Three dribbles. Three, Three dribbles, dribbles, everything's a one. And, you you know, you put four or five guys out there. And uh, you maybe do th uh, three different king of the court skews. You're just playing the 15, you know, three dribbles. That's. You go left wing, top of the key, right wing. Yep. It, I feel like people are tuned into that. I, I watched <laughs> the highlights on YouTube when they be hooping at uh, the Team USA camps. <laughs> exactly, bro. Yeah. And those highlights get like millions of views. So that's oh, yeah. um, spicy. Exactly. Go ahead, man. We get off the hoops, man. I know. Yeah. Uh, James. James. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it alone. That's next episode. But James Harden <laughs> is a sixer. Y'all, y'all be hearing a lot about that. But let's talk about crypto tracings, bro. Because obviously, the first episode that we did, we talked about BTC when it mm -hmm. had just hit like what 33,000 something like that. What a perspective change! And then in between that time and now, BTC had gone all the way up to sixty four thousand. At like around its high, and then right now, I believe currently it's at like 39,000 um, yeah. in some retracement. So let's talk about that, bro. Like, how do you feel? What's kind of a game plan or a mindset that you would advise someone to have with crypto? Let's talk, talk about some different options. I mean, if, if, even if what you just said, like our, our first episode we ever did was beginning of 2021, and crypto, I mean, Bitcoin had just cracked 30,000, and I was I was enamored. Like, it was kind of like mind-blowing to see that for the first time because, obviously, we've been big enthusiasts for crypto since we really started. I've known about crypto since 2012. I've been investing in it lightly since 2017, but really just getting my knowledge base up. So to see it hit 30,000 was, like, massive. And it's just 
if we just take a step back and like be blown away by the fact that the price is actually higher than it was then right now but we're talking about it in a form of a retracement or like uh, of it being in a down cycle when just a year ago just one year this was the new high and it's like these are the things you want to think about when when uh, um you're dealing with crypto because it's just extremely volatile like whatever you if you've never even invested in the stock market before you want to like understand the mentality that goes into making people successful in the stock market and apply those same principles to crypto except just understand that like your your moves are a lot bigger. So example, there's a very basic law in stocks of 10, 20, 30. So it's like, if you look at any stock, any company at its all-time high, and right. then you go down 10% of its all-time high, that's an okay time to buy it stock. It's slightly down from its all-time high. It's an okay, okay time, 10%. Your next is 20%, and your next is 30%. 20% would be a great time to buy. 30% is an absolutely amazing time to buy. So applying those same concepts to crypto, like, okay, cool crypto bitcoin's highs at 64,000. What does that mean? Okay, if you take the same principles that somebody trading stocks would do and just double it, so let's just go 20, 40, 60. If you pay attention and look at the prices, okay, cool. Is the price 20% down from where its all-time high was right now, 40% down or 60% down? And anywhere in that range is an ideal time to buy as opposed to when the market is booming and it's going to hit 100,000 later this year and you're going to see everybody posting about it and tweeting about it, but right now it's very quiet. You don't even know who's investing in crypto right now because not a lot of people are talking about it because a lot right. of their investments are down. Isn't that funny age. too, bro? Isn't that funny too how like what, when you go on a bull run, then everyone in the world is posting about their game. I told you. And and then when, you know, everything seems to be... And people view the markets and retracement as bleeding. That's the thing. Like it's a difference in when you go beyond 50% retracement, 60% retracement, 88.6 100 now it's like whoa you, from the all-time highs now that's where you're like okay maybe this thing isn't going to stick around but when you go on the weekly time frames for some of these coins like btc and um you actually check the actual structure you're like okay cool they're just making higher highs and higher lows and uh, i think the biggest thing too is it takes time for society institutions uh, all of that to be able to actually start integrating some of these concepts where it's an everyday usage. It will get to a point you can go to Starbucks and order your coffee using BTC, uh, Coinbase, things of that nature. Where all you and there's already cards now that are connected to your Coinbase, so you can already do it if you're if you're savvy enough. But it'll just get to the point where it's just everyday usage and people uh, kind of understand it the same way they do USD. Facts. Uh, totally agree. Uh, actually, it's so funny. I just saw Warren Buffett. Uh, he sold all his shares in Visa and MasterCard and put all that bread. It's like well over a B yeah. into uh, a banking company that integrates crypto for, for fast payments. Right. So it's like just paying attention to what the big money's doing and some mm -hmm. of those smartest, wealthiest people of our generation. is Follow the white rabbit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't got to overthink this thing. My, my question to ask myself when I think about it is like, do I believe in this? If I even invest in the stock market, do I believe in this company or this project long term? If yeah. I believe in the project long term, I'm not worried about what the news's opinion is. I'm not worried about what my friends' opinions are. I believe in X company for whatever reason that is. And I'm willing to allow myself to be patient. Like the people who are not patient in the markets are the ones who lose. Whether you're day trading, whether you're long term investing, whatever, you don't have the ability to be patient, then you're never going to truly see the benefits that you want out of the market. And the numbers that I know are coming to us are only coming because of our ability to stay patient. So right now, while prices are low in crypto, I want to buy into projects that I believe in long term 
and then be patient. And while the process is going on, I don't want to stop investing when the market's down. My right. plan on how much money I put in weekly into the crypto market has not changed one bit, regardless of price. I don't even look at the price. I'm not even looking at the price right. on the week by week basis. The only time I pick it up and check it is if I'm putting more money into the account because where the price is today is irrelevant to me. I'm more worried about where it's at in a decade. And let's talk, let's dive deeper into that last part though, of like not checking price because. I think it's important for people to understand if you start with the end in mind, then you'll already have an idea of like, why do I need to check price? Do I, am I planning on withdrawing? Am I planning on moving this money somewhere else? Like, what is the purpose other than maybe every once in a while, just wanting out of curiosity to know? But the, the issue that you can run into that is in every single day, your emotions and psychology is driven based off the number that you're seeing. Whereas if you got into the market saying, you know what, this is an investment that I'm going to treat no different than a retirement plan or anything else. I'm going to take a portion of the money that I'm making and put it into X project that has, you know, is, is backed by the things that I believe in and makes sense. Once again, do your homework on these different projects, understand the utilities and how they all work and what they're looking to achieve. And then at that point, you're not so much thinking like, oh my gosh, what's the price? Because if I don't plan on needing to make a withdrawal for the next three to five years, it doesn't really much matter what the price is until the three to five years when I'm and like, if, and if you have to check it, you got too much money in there. You over leveraged. Right. right. Like, Talk and, about and that. Talk just, about that. Before I even get into it, why are mo like the best way that people build wealth in America are through real estate and through their 401ks. And it's like, why the hell is that the case? And the case is that because people put money into it every single month without looking at what the price of their house is or not without looking at where the value of their 401k is. You're just putting money in there every single month again and again and again. And that money is compounding and adding up over time as the market appreciates. So that same kind of mentality into the cryptocurrency market could put you in a position that a lot of people who've been investing in real estate for the last 20, 30 years are not going to be able to get into in the next 10, 15, 20 years in the crypto market. So it's just, I think that is so important, but over leveraging is key. Like if I have to, even if I'm cashing out my crypto or my whatever investments every other week or something like that to pay bills or to do whatever, I'm over leveraged. I right. don't want my money in the market that I I'm going to need for bills or anything that's going on in my life. I want to be able to, to, and if that number is minuscule to start, that's fine, but you don't want to mess up like your piece of what you got going on in your day-to-day -day operations. Because as soon as you start investing with the, I need to make money now, now you're jumping at pumping dumps and doing all this other stuff because you're trying to make money right now, as opposed to actually build and accumulate the wealth. You know what it's like too, bro. Like back when, you know, you're hustling, you got money in the shoebox, and it's like, you're not supposed to take money out the shoebox or the cookie jar or whatever you, wherever you're storing your bread. And then all of a sudden comes that time where it's like, ah, I know I was trying to save up and keep the money in here, but I want to go get this. And so it's the same kind of concept. I really view my crypto. I call it like my buried treasure on some pirate shit where it's like in the next, however, however long I decide to wait. That's the thing. When you're playing the game of plant it and let it grow and do what it's supposed to do. And now you're continuing to still have the same hustle and mentality. I think sometimes people get caught up in like the fairy tale aspect of crypto. They'll, they'll plant a seed and then kind of almost like kick their feet up like, well, all I got to do is wait for a year because somebody said that this is going to be, uh, this coin is going to go from three cents to a dollar and 42 by Christmas. And, yeah. and then Christmas comes and it might still have increased. It might be up to like six cents. And now it's like, it's still tripled, but because it's not at that dollar 42 that you thought was going to retire you and the whole family. Right. So, 
I think people should plant and trust in the projects and then continue to grind and work as though they don't even have what they just planted. Yeah, you just pay attention. Like, right. have confidence to know that crypto is going to be booming as the years go on. Like, regardless of where price is right now, you can see all these institutional resources and people getting in. And there's a Bitcoin ETF now on the stock market. And there's all types of stuff. Like, El Salvador brings Bitcoin in as a legal tender. Like, there's big plays happening to give people confidence that the cryptocurrency market is going to be here and be strong in years and years to come and actually grow. Like I tell you, I'm like, it's only four or 5% of the world right now invested in crypto in any way, shape or form. So the total crypto market cap is between two and 3 trillion right now off of that. So as the, like, let's say that number from four to 5% goes to 10 to 12% in the next five years, that means the crypto market market cap is going to be at four to 5 million, I'm sorry, four to 5 trillion uh, uh, dollars. And pretty much the value of all the good projects is going to go up with that, which right. is so funny because like every time like we have a bull run, everybody who's ever invested into any good project feels like they're so brilliant. But it's really just the entirety of the whole market growing, growing up yeah. um, simultaneously with having a good project. So I think that's so dope. Super dope. OK, let's transition. So let's talk about uh, Houston, Texas. So uh, I can't remember exactly how many days ago. I, was, I know it was the beginning of this month uh that we actually got to spend some awesome time together in houston texas for david mnta's believe nation uh experience and leadership event talk about that bro talk about why we continue to invest and in going to things like this and leveling up uh yeah for sure i mean I'm, I'm all into personal development regardless of what field of life that you're in i believe that everything rises and falls on leadership i believe that the qualities of being a good and and high quality human being are very similar into the people who are successful in multiple different arenas. That's why some of the like laws of success, we say that they're palatable because they can be applied to different like avenues and resources, which is why I don't feel bound by any industry it is that I'm in, because I feel like if I did any industry and put my, my heart into it, I'm going to be successful at it. Um, but when it comes to, to that event, that was awesome. For one, shout out to just David and Manite and the whole Believe Nation team for just putting together an incredible event. Uh, the the speakers that were there, there were a lot of speakers I didn't know. There were some I did. A uh, shout out to Mr. The Goat, uh, John C. Maxwell. Hey. Yeah, I mean, like he he was crazy. Uh, it's just he was he was incredible and just to know just recently shout out to uh just the the proctor family in, in that whole entire movement organization and i know that i've been impacted deeply by bob proctor so for me to see another legend where bob proctor had passed a couple of days prior and then to go get to watch john maxwell not to say that anything's going to happen to him but he's an older gentleman and i know how much he's given to the world already mm -hmm. it's right. just like at some point in time he's not gonna he's a figure that i feel like is never going to be gone but I know, okay, you know what? This is the truth about life at the end of the day. So I just wanted to appreciate being able to be around somebody, the, the person who's written the most leadership books in human history. The most. Right there with that person. Like that, that's, it's, it's, I'm just super grateful. Uh, and I got a lot out of it. I was going over my notes today. I was like, sheesh, he was giving out. Hey, make I ain't want to give him no sauce in his new book, though. So I kept all my posts to the light stuff. Nothing that like will go and give some of his sauce away. But uh, man, it was incredible, bro. But I think that being being locked in and intentionally growing in all areas of your life is important. There's four areas I care about my spiritual life, my mental, oh, my financial and my physical. So it's like I want to intentionally invest into all areas of my life to get better. And, and that was a way to grow mentally and spiritually at the same time, uh, in my opinion. No, I mean, the whole event itself. And then obviously the the great group and environment that we had of people staying with us at the Airbnb and just the camaraderie of all the people and us going to eat and get some of the best steaks in Houston and 
just the whole experience was extremely awesome. I, there was a quote, too, that I heard there at the event. I think it was actually John that was touching on this and just talking about how truly bigger people, like when you're around them, they make you feel bigger. And I think that's one thing that I love about these events is you're shoulder to shoulder with people who have sometimes already accomplished the very goals that you have written down. And that's the fastest way to ever get to the place you want to go is just spend some time and feel that energy. And it's like anything, you know, like when you sit first class for the first time in your life, you like you realize, oh, you know, this, this is that. Yeah, this is a little different. I like this. I get the, the chairs is comfier. I got more leg room. They're, they're bringing me drinks and snacks all throughout the flight. So that kind of concept uh, really hit home. And um, just the ent entire event, really, man, just I love just soaking up all the energy and everything that comes with it. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the thing that has separated us from most is that we've always been willing to sacrifice and go to these events and continue to level up. And I think that's a testament to like a lot of people want to take the trip as in they see us get to the beach. Right. A lot of people want to get there, but they don't want everything that comes along with it. They don't want having to pack their bags and then go to the airport and then wait at check in that way at security and then go get on the train to try to get to your terminal. And they don't want having to sit on the plane and then uh, the baby's crying behind you. And then you got to go get your bags when you land. But, oh, the door won't open. So now you're stuck on the plane for 42 minutes. They want the destination, but they're not always willing to put in the work and actually fully take the trip. And one thing that I know we've always done is sacrifice in order to get to these events, because it's really just a matter of what you know and who you know. And these people are giving out gems that I feel like you can go wrong with. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was John. He was like, a lot of people want to do what I do, but they don't want to do what I did. And Ooh. I was like, mm. I was like, sheesh. That was, that, that was just one of the ones that stuck with me uh, of saying exactly what you said. It's like nobody really understand. Like this man said that he writes every day from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's five hours of writing every day. Like that's a lot of it. But you talk about the person who's written the most books on leadership on, on planet planet Earth. And it's like that matters. And, and right. his legacy is very strong. But I think one thing I took from him, too, that I've already implemented into my own family is uh, his dad made him read books he used to pay them allowance him his brother or sister to pay john maxwell to read. allowance for them to read at a wow. young age at like sixth and seventh grade and all of them now multimillionaires in different fields and and very very successful children so i think that that's important uh he said that if i wanted them to be you know what i mean like garbage men i would pay them to take the trash out and i was like mm, that stuck with me so much because everybody so many people are accustomed to get paid to do chores you're getting paid to do a job and as opposed to I care so much about you. I'm paying you to invest in yourself. And that just was like, stuck with me. like just for real. I already got my, you check my text right now. My nieces got their two books. My oldest one was 17. She get $50 a week to read two chapters. My other one is 20, getting $25 a week and she's only 11. So it's like, this is immediate implementation to, to the people that I care about the most. That's so heavy, bro. I mean, when I think about the, like you said, the amount of things that's usually listed up is like laundry or, or, dishes or cutting the grass you know all these you TV don't do that shit don't get it twisted you just yeah you just <laughs> yeah you don't you're just not getting paid for that this is what you will get paid for though is is leveling up and putting the right planting the right seeds into your mind so no that's awesome bro let's talk about the super bowl obviously the super bowl there's a couple different things we can touch on we can talk about the commercials the halftime show the game itself how what's your take 
you got to swing it back to the crypto conversation. It can't be ignored. Six, seven crypto commercials during the Super Bowl. That's $50 million spent into people wanting the narrative of crypto to be out there even more. Crypto.com, Coinbase, this and that. Like, I thought that was incredible. How'd you feel about that with the QR code ad and, and all that stuff around the, Coinbase? The QR, the QR code ad was absolutely brilliant. I mean, that's one of those things where simplicity wins. You had all this money put into these extravagant videos and editing and then here's a qr code that's literally just bouncing off the angles of the screen changing colors playing some music and went crazy it actually went so crazy it shut the app down mm. because there was too many people like the service couldn't handle it right so you want to talk about traffic that's a testament to the super bowl as well as brilliant marketing and it just goes to show sometimes when it comes to even creating your own content this thing right here is enough. If you have a phone on you, it's enough. I can tell you, I, pr I promise you, there's been videos that we've had the top cameras and the top sound quality. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Honestly, your truth is your truth. And I think that's even important for people to understand. Like when you're planting seeds, uh, not all trees are the same height. So you don't have to expect one post to go crazier than another. It's just going to be what it's going to be. Feel free in planting your truth and spreading that good news. But yeah, bro, honestly, the other thing that I thought was crazy marketing wise was the amount of electric cars. It's pretty clear now that every big uh, dealership is starting to slide over into that area, not only because of gas prices and things of that nature, but people are clearly liking the concept of electric cars and also what it can do for the environment. Shout out Elon. Elon. Gotta, gotta put some respect on his name. Facts. Nah, he definitely did it first, and then he definitely did the best. So far, I feel like people are still going to have a lot of loyalty to the fact that Tesla is just that far ahead of the game. But, right. I mean, these bigger brands showing up to it, it's like they, they want money. And he didn't hide the patents. He sold no. them. He was like, he don't care that people are doing it and, and taking their own, you know what I mean, making their own company style. I don't even think he's tripping about it. He feels like he won that game of, like, I already passed that like like life level. I'm on a SpaceX as my number one thing. I don't know, right? But I do think I mean, it's interesting to see mass adoption of of, of electric cars. It's like everything we've already kind of known is like right. we're watching it play out in our own real lives right now. So it's, it's safe to say that he is the Henry Ford of electric cars. Yeah, that part, no doubt. You got it, Captain. Tough, tough. So let's talk about the uh, halftime show. I thought that one of the Coolest halftime shows that we've had. I just love like the blend of all the different artists between Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Fifty. West Coast vibes. A lot of West Coast vibes. Kendrick out there, and just when Fifty came, when Fifty dropped down, I lost it. <laughs> all the blood was rushing to his head. <laughs> but no, I feel like it all brought us back to a time. I think that's cool. Um, how you know emotions can transcend time. And when you're hearing music like like that, for a lot of people, it brought them back to a time when things felt a little bit less stressful right. and easy going. And I think everyone felt it. I, I love seeing LeBron up there going word for word with a lot of these guys. And um, just all of, you know, Kanye was bobbing his head crazy in there. Jay-Z was loving it. Jay-Z actually had um, written uh, yeah. a good amount of, um, you know, a couple of those songs that Dre had. So. Even that is like pretty cool when you just get to no see facts. him admire his work and yeah, bro. What did you think about the halftime show? 
halftime show was fire. Like, I mean, I feel like it was probably the best halftime show I've personally seen. I'm glad that they let hip hop get in the building and, 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 you know what I'm saying, make a presence. But it was like the L.A. arena, it's in L.A., the Rams are playing. It was just like a perfect West perfect Coast scenario. Uh, uh, to, to really run it up. I'm, I'm curious to see how the shows continue to go uh, down the line. I feel like it's clear that it's more of a, even though, you know, I mean, football is an old sport, it's a lot of old money involved, but it's just like, bro, hip hop is, is, the, is, the, is the music of the game, bro. That's just the truth. Now, yeah. I don't think they're going to bring a little baby up there next Super Bowl, but like, right. I, I would love to, to continue to acknowledge that, you know what I'm saying, some of the roots of what's going on. I don't need to see uh, you know, I ain't gonna come in to buy it. I just, just need to see. It's understood. It's understood for sure. And I think the cool part too is like a lot of these artists nowadays are collaborating music as well. I remember even growing up when like Nelly ventured off and did music with Tim McGraw and like Kanye uh, doing music with Coldplay and Jay Z as well. And just like artists can still diversify and make good music. So it's it was just cool to finally uh, see, like you said, the stars align. And it just right, be hip hop joint, just one, just it's just a little. You know what I'm saying? It's like you said though, bro. The weather was perfect. Everyone was out there. It was just like Snoop that was hell before he went on stage. Like that's it was what's supposed to happen. Like, typical fashion, bro. So yeah, now nah, it was dope. And then the game itself, man. Other than some chippy calls and and some chip, like some a little bit of a couple no calls with the Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, he had that big. A touchdown that he gave up where it was he obviously got face masked and some different things but you think the Bengals are going to be back in the Super Bowl in the coming years or like how do you feel about both those teams I do think the AFC is tough I think the AFC is really tough and that they're going to have a hard time if they don't get pick up any O-linemen or make some moves to go grab a couple O-linemen you can't get sacked 50 times and, and expect to make the Super Bowl every year like you know what I'm saying but their offense is is like that. They got a lot of options, a lot of weapons. Jamar is going to be looking like he's going to be a top five receiver coming in the next year if he, if he you know what I'm saying he he continues to be on this this uptrend trajectory. But I got to give credit to the Rams, like they paid the money to to yeah. I mean they cut big checks to get those cut a lot of those guys right. there and they keep them there. So it's like you do that, you betting on winning right now, and and they actually did. Most of the guys from the Bengals, their best players are all on rookie deals. So right. it's like the challenging part of keeping that team together hasn't happened yet. They should be able to go get alignment, pay for somebody and do those things. Um, but I would love to see my Niners there. I feel like we had the Rams. We wanted them. And uh, my man dropped the interception. I haven't gotten over it yet, but it's all good. Sorry, it's much love. But shout out to the Rams. Too, both it'll be a, yeah, bro. It'll be a while to you fully uh, get over that and can move past that. But I feel like the biggest thing too, bro, is it, it honestly really, obviously the Bengals have given up the most sacks or had given up the most this season. And um, so that's obviously an issue. But even facing guys like Von Miller and Aaron Donald. Monsters. What more can you do? Monsters. But we're happy for them. I was, you know, obviously Odell, I I thought he was going to put himself in a position to maybe even have a run at MVP. He was on pace for it. He was on pace for a big game. I thought he was going to get a bean in two. So I thought thought two touchdowns is coming. uh, I mean, it's just. I actually, you know what I want to say about the Super Bowl is that I do need Matt Stafford to get slightly more credit. If Mahomes would have threw the no-look pass like that on a game-winning drive, he would have been outlet. everywhere. Everybody would have been like, yeah, I mean, goat this, goat that, goat whatever. And it's like my man threw a clean no-look yeah. that got a safety to move two steps to put him out of position to go where we all knew the ball. Bro, at that last drive, everybody knows the ball is going to cut every play. And he got a pepper every single play to him. 
And it's like to, to, to he knows like that. that he definitely knows that Stafford knows that everyone knows that. So he has to use more tools than just like, let me pump fake or something else. So looking, looking at one check down and trying to draw a linebacker and then to be able to throw an 18 yard dig in there behind him for sure, bro. Like Matthew Stafford has had a very game ready and live arm his whole career. Like you said, sometimes you're just a product of your environment. He was playing with the Lions. He had Calvin Johnson and Calvin Johnson. So hmm. you finally get put in a scenario with a, with a great head coach that, you know, was took Jared Goff to the Super Bowl. Right. Who just went, what, uh, what they go, two, two, three, they got three the wins. Lions now. One win, two wins. But, yeah, exactly. That's the point. It's like you see just the quarterback change and the difference in – um, boom, just like that, Rams are back in the Super Bowl and then win. So I'm excited for the Rams moving forward because I don't see Stafford retiring. Even if Aaron Donald doesn't retire, uh, whether he does or doesn't, I still think that the Rams are a solid enough unit. And then uh, obviously depending on what Odell does and how his whole rehab situation goes, yeah. I just – you don't want to – I just feel like at this point the Rams are showing like you can't count, you can't count, the, count them out, especially since they just won. So – Bengals, we'll see. Who knows? But it was a dope Super Bowl, bro. Honestly, I I enjoyed Great it. Playoffs, the playoffs in general were, were NFL playoffs. playoffs, top tier, overtime, one yeah. point w- w- wins, crazy, crazy shit. The I know the uh, the Bills, the Bills Chiefs game was the best game too of the playoffs. That game was crazy. Hands down, last minute and <laughs> forty seconds. Wow, bro, they get that man like thirteen seconds. <laughs> That's all he needed, bro. That's all he needed. Real but now that shit was tough. Let's talk about our last two topics. The the second to last is real quick because we don't really know too much about it. Just interesting uh, is that Australia's borders are actually finally opening opening up. However, they're only opening up to outside citizens that are fully vaccinated and have their cards. So do you think like a lot more countries will start implementing that? Do you think that that's something that is going to be important for people, et cetera? Do you think they're going to be using this to try to maybe get more people to get vaccinated and force that issue? Uh, I haven't formulated an opinion on what it's going to mean for other countries. I just know that there were a lot of people been waiting a year, like a long time to get into to AU. So I think that that's big um, just in general for I know there's a lot of families and stuff like that that's been not connected and stuff like that because of like you know, two years yeah fact. yeah like that that's strong so for for I would hope it wouldn't uh, relate to just every other country or as a way to get people to get back but I, at the end of the day I think that is good for Australians and that's a, a positive of it I would hope that it doesn't mean that like the U.S. and other countries are going to start. I'm not shocked that Australia said you got to be double jab to 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 come in. That doesn't shock <laughs> that me. That man said double jab. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but to to if they start being like, yeah, you can't come into the states. It's like that would be that would get kind of ridiculous. I got no problem though with the 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 getting tested right there on the spot. And if you have, you got to wait a couple of days like that. That are, I think it's fair because it's like I don't want you to knowingly bring it in and go get somebody else sick. But like if. I mean, being vaccinated is not going to prevent anybody in your country from getting sick if I have it right now. So I think that that is interesting in its own uh, right. Right. Yeah, just that was just a side note, something that we thought would be interesting for you. If anyone out there wants to tap into more info, feel free to Google and see, especially obviously for our international listeners. Shout out to all the international listeners. We love y'all. Listen, we, we, we have lots of different businesses and people that we work with in other countries. Um, so don't ever feel as well like, you know, you can't reach out or we can't figure out a way to work together. 
we're always trying to continue to grow our international ties. So shout out to y'all. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about our last topic, man. Obviously, you know, I'm a huge Kanye West fan, at least in regards. I, I don't even really sometimes like to use the term fan, but I want to say just like he's more so left like a really big imprint on me just from the creative side. And like I've been playing his music for since the time I actually like picked up a CD player and was actually able to put something in there. And so uh, he just recently dropped his first episode of his documentary. And I just think it was definitely something we're talking about just because it showed uh, all the different times where he like basically got rejected. People told him uh, that you know, they didn't take him serious. It was pretty clear that they didn't take him serious. So like what's some things that you took away from that first episode and why would you recommend people tap in? Well, just in general, I was telling somebody this the other day, as soon as I brought it up, they were like, oh yeah, well, like, I don't want to hear anything that Kanye has to say. I haven't da 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 And it's like, I get that um, uh, for, you know I mean, whatever it is you feel about how his life is going through right now. But for me, being a 94 born kid and like growing up in an area of like where his music was really like around when I was in middle school or high school, uh, it's interesting as hell to see, like, to hear somebody here couldn't afford a car, but she named your daughter Alexis and just not react. It's just like, what? Like, the first time you ever heard that line. And it's just so, it's just, for me, uh, I appreciated the scenes and seeing him in a state 20, 30 years ago. It's just like seeing, like, your favorite NBA player when they were in middle school, like, playing and, like, having the confidence. Not uh, Middle school is probably not the best example because he was out there in the field as an adult. But it, it was just, for me, eye-opening to see the early stages of the process to kind of have that behind-the-scenes view of somebody who's kept a lot of their life private in certain areas for a long time. So to see those kind of scenes where he was just being genuinely, like, like doing like doing his best to, to get to his next step and not succeeding, but knowing also that he's the richest Black man on earth right now is, is pretty crazy. I think it's always dope, too, to see... Like, I love, I know we both love that MJ quote where he's basically saying, like, he, ha he has more respect for people who talk shit when they're losing, like, when they're down. Like, it's easy to talk shit when you're up. Yeah. But, like, do you talk shit and believe in what you got when it doesn't look good? And for me, just seeing him have to, like, be constantly be, be called a producer or, like, not be recognized as what he knows he's fully capable of doing it's like you can't help but have an admiration for and even too bro like you said man of course a lot of people are like oh but but like look at all the things he's doing right now i feel like we've continued to lose sight of the fact that like you can be inspired or take some positives from someone without fully agreeing with all of their beliefs and what they do like <laughs> like we all have differences but for whatever reason we all can acknowledge that society has got kind of gotten to that point where it's like if we disagree on one thing, then there's become like a segregation between. And it's very interesting versus just agreeing to disagree. Like, it's OK if you think one thing other than what I think. We don't need to square up over it. 100 percent, 100 percent, super sensitive. Got to be careful with everything you say. A lot of people get offended about certain things. But, yeah, I definitely agree to where like. Uh, I don't look at every human being, like I look at every human being and know you got flaws because everybody's got flaws, everybody's got skeletons in their closet. And if you knew, or if the world knew your text messages or your dirty secrets, 
there'll be people who wouldn't rock with you on certain situations and, and areas anyway. Uh, that doesn't mean I approve of some of the things it is that he's doing, but to say that the documentary was inspired. Anybody who's an entrepreneur is going to be inspired by the documentary, regardless right. of how you feel about them. Right. So it's like, I think that uh, that we just want to keep those things in mind. It's kind of like even for in my own life, like I don't go to my, my business coach for finance tips. I don't go to my pastor to give me tips on how to make money in the market. Like there's a different like people I have in my life for different things and I leverage the relationship or what is it that like for how that person's going to serve me as opposed to thinking that that entire have to agree or fit that entirety of the person's mold in order for me to be able to get value from them. Now, there are certain things though that are like, I, I'm like, yeah, bro, if you did something on that aspect, I can, I, I can't associate with you no matter what, depending on that, depending <laughs> on me personally. Right, for sure. things for that sure. I have disdain for. But everybody individually can feel that way about who it is they want. And I love too how you even touched on it a bit as well. You talk about like having a good counsel in your life and just people in certain areas that you feel like they're either, you know, above you, below you, or right where you're at. So that way you have that that good blend of people. And I feel like that's important for people to be seeking out. A lot of a lot of times when I'm talking to people about this, they're like, Well, I don't have that. And it's like, then go find it. Like, you Not know, like Yeah, exactly. It's um it's not something that you just like wake up to. Uh, it's something that you should be seeking. And then God will also lace you up with people that you never even thought you'd have a chance of being in the same room. Hundred percent. You gotta you gotta pay. Like to have good mentorship, it's not you don't just like no mentor is walking around waiting for the person, right. like like looking for that person and gonna go just just no, that's not how it happens. You gotta and most of the time it's not about paying with money, it's paying with service. And paying with time and, and, and being emotionally invested into what that person's got going on will give you access to get somebody to get. Now, sometimes you got to just cut the check. Right. Like it might be something you got to pay for to, to put yourself in a certain room or a certain environment or to get like if you wanted to get worked out by a fitness trainer, you can't just just want it and hope that they owe that to you. They don't. You got to pay for that service. But when you pay, you pay attention. So it's like I got no problem paying for mentorship or paying to put myself in certain rooms. And that's why the, the drive to, to create income for yourself has to be high. So that way you can put yourself in whatever room it is that you see fit that's going to help you grow to where it is that you want to be. Facts. I love the when you pay, you pay attention. It's no different than when I have friends like I can tell when they have money on the game. Cause like if they don't have bread on the game, they're on their phones. They might be like on the like they talking to someone else. He's talking about me. He knows. Like when I got some bread on the game, I'm texting the group chat every play. Like, yeah, did you see this? <laughs> yeah, this man hitting all of us talking about something. Like, hey, bro, make sure you keep an eye on. As if like us watching a certain players. So but no, I out. feel it, bro. At by by all costs, you know what I'm saying. It's just it's like you said, bro. It's just funny how there's the correlation in that because. When you have bread on the game, then you're paying way closer attention because there's something on the line. And it's the same exact same concept. So, nah, man, it's been dope, bro. I'm glad we got to get back into the swing of this routine. There's going to be a lot more episodes coming to you guys. These episodes are going to be dropped on Spotify and YouTube. So feel free to check them out. Uh, we're going to have some really cool guests lined up as well. Start tapping in with us. So it's big, bro. Anything you want to leave them with before we sign off? Nah, much love. Stay tuned. Stay sure you plug them with us on all the socials. Uh, we're going to have a lot of clips and content from this interview um, just getting released. Uh, stay tuned. You have some of your favorite guests in entrepreneurship and 
the cannabis space and all different types of spaces that, that are going to be on here having these conversations um, and, and helping us move the needle forward. I ain't even go into just how Oklahoma, weed is legal in Oklahoma now. So I got my med card. I'm official out here in these streets. I don't got to worry about the feds behind my back. I'm straight. Pause. But it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Rowan is in full effect in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I love it, bro. All right, y'all. Stay tuned. We'll be, we'll be back for an episode soon. Let's get it.